text for the message this morning is John 8, verses 31 and 32. We'll read that together. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if a slave can be deceived into believing that he is better off living in the squalor and the hopelessness and the uncertainty that comes from being in submission to a hard master, that slave will fear and reject any opportunity for freedom. The underlying theme of our passage, and we have the first two verses as the text, but it will refer all the way to the end of chapter 8. The underlying theme of our passage is that the lies of the devil can make some people to be happy slaves to sin and to fight against the very truth that can set them free from the bondage of the evil one. The frightening part of our passage is that this blindness could actually be seen among the covenant people of God. People who called God their father, who knew about Abraham, and who are even referred to, and you could see that in verse 31, as those who had believed in Jesus. John 8, verse 31. It's a key part of the passage We read the Lord Jesus is talking to people who had believed in him. And in our text, the Lord Jesus looks carefully at all those who say they believe in him, and he urges us to consider what a true disciple would do. What characterizes true disciples, children of light of the Heavenly Father? A false sense of security can be very dangerous for a person. And as the church is about to to spread into the kingdom in John 8 here, the, the Lord Jesus calls the Jewish nation and then he calls everyone who depends on their own ancestry or their own status or their own church affiliation. He calls everyone to recognize him as the only God and the only Savior. Maybe there are people here today who don't want to make that 100% commitment that Jesus calls us to because they actually love the world. Maybe some people are going through the motions of, of church and religiosity without honoring the Son, without believing that they, they need Him. Maybe you are a visitor here today and you're still wondering who is this Jesus. Jesus Christ tells the Jews and and us all, he tells us that he is the, the son of the heavenly father, that he has authority to set them free from the slavery to sin and the devil. The Lord Jesus urges us to open our eyes, to believe that his word is truth, to submit ourselves to him as our Lord, so that we can be truly free to live as children of our Heavenly Father. I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, the Son of God reveals the truth that sets his true 
disciples free. Sets us free to abide in his word, to embrace him as Lord, and to live with him forever. You notice in our text that the Lord Jesus talks about his word. And when he speaks about his word, it is very clear that he is speaking about everything that he was teaching and explaining. Jesus was like an Old Testament prophet who served as a mouthpiece of God the Father in heaven. Except unlike the prophets before who were pointing forward to the Messiah, Jesus preached that he himself, who was standing there in front of them, was the Christ who fulfilled the Old Testament promises. He told them repeatedly that he had been in the presence of God and he was now sent to earth. Just skimming chapter 8, you see how many times he said that in verse 18, verse 23, verse 26, verse 28, verse 38, 40, 42, 47, many, many times. He says, I was with the Father and I have come down. That's what guarantees that what he is speaking is the truth. We know from the Gospels that Jesus preached that he is the eternal, divine Savior of the world. The truth that sets you free is the revelation of the Gospel that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners so that they would not have to die in their sins under the anger of God. When you believe the truth of the gospel, the Holy Spirit makes his dwelling in you, and he guides you out of the slavery to sin. And as congregation, and as members, we say that we believe in the Lord Jesus. We believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Just like the people Jesus talked to in our text said they believed in him. Yet talking about faith in Jesus Christ does not mean a person truly believes and rests in God as Savior. Especially if that person doesn't show any interest in Jesus' teaching and his preaching if they do not show any interest in the gospel message. That is what our, our Lord Jesus is saying to his hearers at that time. You can look at our text. You can see that Jesus tells the church in verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And later on in the same passage, the Lord Jesus explains that people were seeking to kill him because his word finds no place in you. That's verse 37. Although we may hear the promise of the gospel and the preaching, whether it be from Christ Jesus himself or from his heralds, the Lord Jesus said that word has to also move forward. It needs to progress to the heart so that it has a permanent place in our minds. And then in John 8, verse 52, the Lord Jesus says again that it is necessary to keep his words. Just like Jesus himself kept his Father's word in verse 55. Faith and belief in the work of Jesus Christ sets you free from the slavery to sin 
so that a true disciple of Jesus Christ shows that he is truly a follower by immersing themselves in the truth of the gospel, giving his word a place in their heart and truly desiring to live according to the gospel. See, brothers and sisters, the word of truth that our Lord Jesus is speaking about is in the Bible. Jesus' words are a description and an encouragement for Christians. And so the question comes to us, how are you abiding in his word? How is his word making progress in your heart so that it has a, has a place in your life? It's not something that happens automatically. A closed Bible under my arm in a, in a pious walk from, from the car to the church building is not the same as having the word of truth in my heart. And clearly the, the first step to abiding in the word is opening your Bible and learning what is in it. There are many ways to do that. We can do that together during the day many times. If, if you drive a lot, you can listen to audio recordings of the Bible. The Bible can accompany you wherever you go. As a book, they make them very small and, and handy to carry. Sometimes you can even get a, a Bible app on your smartphone. So when you stop for lunch, you can return to the Word of God. The truth comes from heaven. And Jesus' true disciples ensure that that message dwells in their hearts so that they reflect on these words often. You're never too old or too young to memorize, to hide God's word in your heart. Whether you do this as a family at mealtimes or together with your catechism students through memorizing the Psalms, biblical songs, the Word of God finds a place in your heart. And this divine truth makes progress within you so that you begin to see that you are shaped by the gospel. You begin to look around and see everything that you are seeing happening around you in light of the truth of God's Word. And here we see also, brothers and sisters, the important place of, of Bible studies, of the young people's gathering together of, of different support groups and family discussions about the Word of God as we strive to understand what we are reading like that Ethiopian on his journey in Acts 8. And so we want this Bible, the Word, to abide in our hearts. We, we desire to understand what God is revealing to himself. Maybe it's good to have an, an atlas Bible atlas on your shelf to refer to that. You can also look up a concordance that shows you where the same words occur in different places in the Bible. Invest in a Bible introduction so you can read up on the book you are reading or studying at home. His true disciples, Jesus said, they abide in his word. That word has a place in their hearts. The means that we, we love the revelation that we have from heaven 
and that we reflect on it, and we use it as a guide in our relationships, in our work, and in our worship. Hearing Jesus' words in our text, it's very important to ask the question of yourself. What is shaping the principles that guide you in your life? Why do you do the things that you do? Why does your marriage look the way it does? Why do you think the family needs to look a certain way? Is it, where's your information coming from? From the internet, from YouTube, from these social conservative websites, from books written about the Bible? Or do they come from scriptures themselves? Is it God's word that abides in your heart, that motivates you every day? Do you make your decisions about what you're going to wear or how you're going to treat somebody else or how you're going to fulfill your task? Do you do that based on, on God's word? The Lord Jesus asked the question, who has the biggest influence on your lives? Jesus said his true disciples abide by God's word, and when the truth of the gospel has that place in your heart, you will also embrace Jesus as Lord. If the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is that he will set us free, that implies, first of all, that everyone is in slavery, and everyone needs his help. And secondly, it implies that Jesus Christ is Lord, Master of everyone whom he saves. Both the idea that they were in slavery and the idea that they needed to submit to Jesus as Lord, both these ideas were very offensive to the Jews. And although they heard this truth with their ears, they could not understand. And the Lord Jesus says in verse 43, they could not understand because they could not bear to hear the word. Jesus explains that when someone is of God, he hears the words of God. And the word hear can mean the word heed. It can mean heed. When someone is of God, he heeds the word of God. But that those who are not of God do not hear the words of God. He says that in verse 47. You see, brothers and sisters, sometimes it happens that people say they believe in Jesus Christ, but they do not know what they are committing to because they, they actually do not abide in his word. When his truth has no place in their hearts, they, in fact, refuse it. And so rather than submit to Jesus as Lord, they find something worthwhile in their own lives that will help them earn their way into heaven without Jesus Christ. You see, what does it mean to be free? In John 8, the Jews thought it had to do with the fact that they were descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they were not Arabs born of the slave woman Hagar and her son Ishmael. You can actually see that Paul is dealing with this question in Galatians 4. What they said would be like one of us today saying that they are free from slavery to sin and don't need to love Jesus Christ and serve him as Lord because their parents 
and grandparents were faithful believers in the church. That's how the Jews responded to Jesus. He said, you need to submit to me as Lord. And they said, wow, you know, Abraham is our our father. And so the Lord Jesus in verse 37, he does not deny that they are privileged to call themselves descendants of Abraham, but he urges them to evaluate their lives to see if they are acting like descendants of Abraham. Would Abraham want to kill Jesus Christ? Would Abraham refuse to submit himself to Jesus Christ? Are they truly following God whom they claimed as their father in heaven when they dishonored his son? Jesus claimed that God was his father, that he was doing God's will as he preached the gospel of grace and the forgiveness of sins. The Lord Jesus claimed that God was his father. And his message was forgiveness and grace. And then the Jews claimed that God was their father and that they were doing God's will by seeking to kill a man who told them the truth. Do you see the, the contrast? Although he had not been convinced of any sin, the Jews wanted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ and still call God their father. And then the Lord Jesus said, well, it's pretty obvious to see who your father is. He says, you are children of the devil. We are amazed that it, it comes to this. The Lord Jesus teaches it so clearly. There's no, no middle ground. There's no gray area. There's no compromise. Those who shut their ears to the voice of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, in the preaching of the gospel, are like those who want to kill the Son of God. Those who do not give a place For the word of God in their heart are doing the will of their father, the devil. We read that in the text. He is their slave driver. The devil is their slave driver. He he keeps them in the slavery of sin. The devil is the father of lies who deceives thousands through, through all the different messages he, he sends out into the world, messages that do not come from God's word and God's preaching. He is so effective in his communication that Jesus says that his followers will reject Jesus Christ exactly because Christ tells the truth. Because they have been deceived into thinking they don't want the freedom that our Lord Jesus brings. You see, brothers and sisters, the devil's slavery is is a wicked slavery because it shuts the eyes. It takes away hope. It turns a person against the, the only one who can save him. The Lord Jesus explains that everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That's in verse 34. Everyone, no matter what your nationality may be, no matter who your descendants were, the situation of the sinner is often worse than even he can see because the devil tries to make that slavery look nice and tries to make freedom 
look frightening. And that is why we are so thankful, brothers and sisters, that the Son of God reveals the truth about himself and about his work. We have the truth in his word. It can set you free because it opens your eyes. It allows you to see the perfect love of the Father who sent his Son to pay for your sins, to destroy the work of the devil. The gospel tells you that there is another way to live. There is another Lord to follow. In verse 35, the Lord Jesus says, The slave does not remain in the household forever. The son remains forever. You can either be a slave to your sins, living your life at the mercy of another, with no control over yourself or your future, like, like a domestic slave who knows that he has no guarantee how long he will remain in one place or another place. Or, Jesus says, you can live free from the chains of sin without a doubt about your eternal relationship with your Father in heaven. Like a son, that's always a part of the household. The difference is found in God's grace and God's mercy. In John 8, verse 36, the Lord Jesus says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. When the Son who destroyed sin on the cross sets the true believer free from the guilt and the punishment that his sins deserve, then the true disciples will abide in his word. They will embrace the Son of God, Jesus Christ, as their only Lord, not submitting to another, not giving in to their personal wishes and desires. It's the gospel that Paul proclaimed when we walked in today. We saw on the screen in Galatians 5, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You have been set free in Christ. You're free to embrace him as Lord. Let the world see that trust, that confidence. For the Lord has told you very clearly, truly, truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Son sets us free to live with him forever. As we look at our passage, we can see that these, these Jews who, who had believed in him in a certain way, they, they were like people who stuck their heads into the light and they showed a, a glimmer of faith in the words of Jesus at the beginning of our text. But then they quickly brought them back again when Jesus told them that whoever keeps his word... Whoever believes his preaching will never see death. Those who heard him were convinced that he was a demon-possessed Samaritan. Someone overcome with delusions of grandeur. They asked him straight out in verse 53, who, who do you make yourself out to be? And that question comes to us once again, brothers and sisters. Who is Jesus? If, he, if what he taught about himself is true, 
then you must give up everything to follow him. That's what the Lord Jesus is saying. There's no half following Jesus. Just like there is no half entering a moving bus. You are either children of the devil or you are children of your Father in heaven. And you will follow him. You will embrace his mercy and grace to you even when you sin. You will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with with your whole heart, with your whole life. And the Lord Jesus promises that whoever keeps his word as a true disciple will never see death. Set free from the slavery of sin. You'll have eternal life. The Lord Jesus did not have a demon. Without seeking any glory for himself, he simply told his hearers what his Father in heaven is doing. And he tells us so that no one remains stuck in their ignorance and in their slavery by dishonoring the Son. Since they call, since the Jews were calling God their Father, we see that in verse 54, they needed to know that their Father was seeking to give glory and honor to His Son. And that everyone who believes in Him has eternal life. Jesus said they will never taste death. They will never see death. Well, we ask, well, how, how could this be? How could this be since death is the last enemy that everyone must taste? The Jews asked that too. They said, well, even Abraham died, the prophets. What are you talking about? We know ourselves, we know many sincere Christians who have died who are no longer with us. It's only when we understand, it's only when the Lord Jesus explains how he is greater than Abraham, how he is greater than the prophecies, that we see the truth of the gospel, that he, he truly delivers us from the power of death and the fear that the devil uses to hold us in lifelong slavery to fear. That's in Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. The Lord Jesus explains, John 8, verse 54 to 58, that he is the promised Messiah, that he is the one that Abraham was looking forward to when he laughed with joy to learn that he would receive a son. More than that, Christ says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. By placing himself before Abraham, Jesus Christ makes it clear that he existed before he took on human flesh. By ending his declaration with the grammatically awkward statement, I am, and not I was, but I am, he identified himself with God himself because God has a personal name, Yahweh, which means I am who I am. The Lord Jesus says, I am God Almighty. I have always been, and I always will be. I am greater than 
this life. There is more than what you see. There is more even after we die. Later in John 11, the Lord Jesus will say that to Martha. He says that it's possible to live even though we die. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we have that eternal life. True disciples that are united to Jesus Christ by true faith, who follow him as eternal Lord Almighty. You may experience the weakening of the body. You may have to pass through death itself. But you will simply be brought into the realm of God's eternity. Jesus Christ is eternal. You will follow the great I Am, Jesus, your Lord and Savior, into the glory of eternal life. He could not have said it more clearly for us. He promises to set us free from the slavery of sin, from the bonds of the devil, to set us free to live with him forever. You abide in his word. And that promise has a place in your heart so that you trust in Jesus Christ. You will never taste death. And the Jews had to believe that coming from the mouth of a man who was standing there in front of them. All they saw was a humble man who hid himself when they picked up stones to throw at him in their anger. You today have much more than they do. You know about the cross. You know about the empty grave. You started the service, singing of the resurrection and the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ who has freed us from sin and Satan and slavery. We'll sing about it again in hymn three, stanza three. He is no longer just a man that, that runs away when people throw stones at him. He is seated on his eternal throne forever. If the Jews were condemned and rejected because they turned away from him who was standing there in front of them, how much more serious will God's judgment be against those today who turn away from him? Brothers and sisters, may his lordship be evident in our life. May your joy and your confidence overflow from your heart as you embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and abide in his word. Amen.